seated. Amen. My message today is entitled The Family of God. I have some questions for you. How do you let others know that you are a Christian? Do you simply state it plainly? Do you share what you believe? Do you wear a cross pendant? Do you let others know you're a Christian by what side you take on political subjects? How should we let others know that we are followers of Jesus Christ? Well, the answer can be found in the Bible in the Gospel of John. John 13, 34 and 35. Jesus says, A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. How many know that's the message for today? As I have loved you that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus tells us that the way that the world will know that we are following Him and His teachings as if we have love for one another. You see, it's not about how well we can debate a spiritual topic. It's not about how many Scriptures you can quote from the Bible. It's not about how many inspirational sayings you post on Facebook. The greatest way to let others know we are Christians is not to tell them about it, but to show them. We do this by loving one another. In fact, the way that God teaches us about the importance of this love is by setting us into a family. His family. 1 John 3, verse 1, which I believe is our memory verse for this week, tells us, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. God demonstrates His love for us by not merely saving us and delivering us from our sins, but by calling us His children. As Christians, accepting and acknowledging what Jesus has done for us, we are all part of God's family. It's not about belonging to a denomination or to a church. We are part of God's family. I think we take it for granted, if we're honest, how incredible this statement is. God, who created the entire universe, He holds eternity in His hands. He has all power and all dominion. He does not just look at us as His creations. He calls us His children. It is through our understanding of the family of God that we truly understand how to receive and give His love that the world may know that we are His disciples and Jesus is alive. Amen? Amen? You see, we don't just pray to a distant God like some do. We pray to our Father who is in heaven and we hallow and bless and praise His holy name. 
As His children, we understand that our Father protects us and grants us wisdom to reach the potential that He has for each one of us. He does this by creating a path for each of us to walk on that will bring us closer to Him. Now, to be honest, we may not always understand the path that God calls us to, but our trust in Him as our Father helps us to realize that He does all that He desires to give us. And as our Father, He never gives up on us. That's an aspect that cannot simply be attributed to a God, but only to a loving Father. He believes in us even when we don't believe in ourselves. It is His greatest desire that we all come to Him in the same way that a child returns home to his father who is waiting for Him with open arms. God understands that we all have gone astray. We all mess up. We all fail. He already already said that. We all are going to mess up. However, He doesn't lead with shame when we come to Him. He leads with love. That's our God, our Father. The family of God is strengthened by its uniqueness as well as its commonalities. In other words, we each have a part to play to protect the sanctity of the family. We each have been given gifts to serve one another and to add to the community of the Christian family. And the one thing that holds us together is our love of God our Father. It is this love that supersedes all other subjects. It overrides varying perspectives and differences of opinion. It is great that we all are different, but it's even greater that we all are the same because we all carry the same name, Christians. Regardless of what church or denomination or how we worship or how we serve or how we pray, we all understand that we need Jesus And we acknowledge Him as our Lord and Savior. And because of that, we are brought in, invited in, and held together as the family of God. Therefore, if we value our family, we have responsibilities to one another. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25, tells us, Therefore, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That day is when Jesus comes back for His church, the bride. If you look at world events and what the Bible says, you can see things are lining up for Jesus to come back. I don't know when it's going to happen, but our job is to be ready for Him. And the way that we're ready is goes out to the church of the universal church of us coming together as the family of God. Love and value are demonstrated by what or who we spend time with. If we say we love God but don't spend consistent time with Him, then we are fooling ourselves. The same is true for our family. If we are to love the family of God, then there should be a clear desire to want to spend time with one another. Now this can be done in a variety of ways. Even Jesus didn't spend all His time at the temple. Some churches, I believe, get it wrong and all of their things are events that are held in the church. And that's great. But the church is all over the place. 
Our job is to go out there. Do things here, but go out there. We should have no boundaries that, can, that say that where our family is. Our family is around the world as we do. It's just evidence from our, the Operation Christmas Child. The children. We need to want to spend time with one another. Jesus didn't spend all His time at the temple. He relaxed with friends. He spent time in fields and on roadways and on mountains and in fishing boats and in personal homes. And even though Jesus was perfect in every way, and though He talked to thousands at times and touched many, many lives, He intentionally chose to live a small group life by surrounding Himself with 12 men while He was on this earth. Through this concept, He teaches us to value one another by spending quality time with one another. Do you know what quality time is? We went, I told you, my wife and I went to the, the conference this weekend. We drove all the way there. and Beautiful, just a beautiful trees, just the peak color. Drove all the way there, went to the conference, went to our hotel, went to the conference again. Drove almost all the way back to Gaylord and I got a text that I left my shirt and my pants at the hotel. <clears throat> So I told my wife, I purposely left that so we could enjoy the color tour one more time. <laughs> she didn't buy that. <laughs> but we did enjoy it. We, we didn't say, oh man, we, okay, let's go. And we went back the same winding hills and way back and we got back and I, got, I said, I forgot my shoes. <laughs> I didn't, but I just wanted to see the color again and spend some time. <laughs> we didn't go back, but... Um, but that's quality time. You know, you can spend time with one another and be focused on something else or thinking about something else or be in a bad mood, but when you spend quality time with one another, you just enjoy each other's presence. Amen? That's what we're called to do. And we're thankful for the things we do in our church and other churches. But we're called to have quality time with the body of Christ around the world. That's our family of God. We are called to invest in one another and encourage one another. And emphasizing these same goals, the writer of Hebrews exhorts us to continue to meet together, not neglecting this personal need of uh, connection as is the habit of some. It's very easy to say, I'm too busy to go to church, or, I'm too busy to go to this event, or I'm too busy because I have stuff to do. And I understand, but God commands us to come together to show our love for one another. We need to be intentional about building community in the family of God. We are commanded to stay connected to one another. And all the more as we see the day of Jesus' return approaching. Now understand, in saying that, that the devil does not want to see the family of God united. He does not want to see us growing together. He does not want to see us minimizing our differences of opinions and maximizing our love for God and one another. The devil wants to see us divided and separated. In fact, the Word of God talks specifically about His plan. It's in 1 Peter 5.8. tells us, be sober, which means be alert. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You see, a lion knows that it can't attack a united pack. 
And so it uses the tactic of a ferocious roar to separate animals from the herd. And once they're separated, the lion attempts, attempts to pick them off one by one. In other words, the enemy will speak lies to you. He'll speak lies to the family of God. He will try to stir up condemnation to get you to turn inward. He'll stir, stir up fear and anger to get you to turn outward. He'll stir up issues of offense to people in the family of God. And if we don't come together and support and encourage one another, we are liable to be separated from the pack where the enemy attempts to devour us. We must come together as the family of God. Therefore, Peter warns us to be alert and vigilant, protecting one another so that we remain strong as a family, not allowing anyone to slip away from the pack. The only way this is done is by investing in the lives of one another, by communicating with one another, by serving one another. And it has to be more than just, we're going through a tough time, it has to be more than just, I'm praying for you. Thank God for prayer. But when I'm praying for you, when God tells us to do something, that means a whole lot. My wife Nancy was down working in the nursery right now, or with, with, with Sunday school. Um, she, she, she got sick last week. She's out for a whole week. And um, people didn't just say, I'm praying for you. Uh, this morning we came in, I came into church and there was a big basket of goodies from the missions committee. And they sent her a card that said, signed from your mission buddies. And it had chocolates and treats and tea and a couple books and a card and some NyQuil and some ibuprofen. And, and uh, I'm going to tell you what. And I know you guys have been through a lot as a church. We've been through a lot too. We've been involved in a lot of very difficult circumstances in life, especially in ministry and in the church. Many, 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 many times we've felt very underappreciated. When we received that gift today, it was brought tears to our eyes. You didn't just say, we're praying for you and, didn't, and, and let it go. You showed your love for us. That's what families do. That's what we do as a family. We do pray because we believe in the power of pray. And we talk and we communicate and we invest and we serve one another. And we give to one another. That's what families do. So thank you for my family to our family here for showing your love and continue to show love, not just to us, but in all the things that we do. That's what we're called to do. We build up that family and we hold it together by extending grace and mercy, by making forgiveness and restoration a real priority. There's been times in our life when we have falling back from church or falling back from groups and sometimes we feel like we're all alone and everyone's forgot about us. I know we're not the only one that's felt that way. But our goal needs to be to go after people because they're part of our family. To pray for them, yes, but to do more than prayer if God directs us to call them and visit them and communicate with them and not give up on them because it's difficult when you're out there all alone and you feel like you've been left alone. Does anybody know what I mean? That's our job. That God calls us to go after our family and hold our family together. The family of God. It is a great privilege 
to have a family. We are a family. And when we have love for one another, the world understands God's amazing love through our actions and not merely our words. Coming to church on Sunday is one way that we stay connected to one another. But as a family, God calls us to do more. We must continually find ways to stay connected and build the unity in our community of believers. In fact, if we take our cue from the early church, we see the importance of regularly staying connected and encouraging one another. Acts 2.42 And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Do you see the balance there? They continued in doctrine and in fellowship. Both are necessary in building and valuing the family of God. We are to spend time in His Word and encourage one another. Fellowship is a huge component of family time. Sometimes we're drawn to others that have similar interests. Praise God for that. And there are also times that we're encouraged to enjoy new passions as we get to know people in new ways outside of church. Being a teacher I always get these big wide-eyed things that people see me, like if I'm at the supermarket and someone says, wait, don't you live at the school? (laughs) You know, I think sometimes we act like that in church. When we see people outside of the church, you like to go hunting? You you like to do do this? Yes, God's created us in many different ways and our goal should should be to do things together, but to do things outside because the church goes beyond the walls. We are a family. These early believers found that. They are balanced in doctrine and fellowship. Acts 2.43 So as they're doing this and as enjoying one another and spending time in fellowship and word, 43 says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Listen, this fear is not a fear of being afraid. It's a, it's a holy reverence for God, making God priority in our lives. And as these believers followed Jesus' teachings and valued one another, they put themselves in a place to be used in powerful ways by God to advance His kingdom. Notice that it says that wonders and signs were not done for them. And they were not done to them. They were done through them. All they did was continue to seek after God and stay connected to each other. And when they made it a priority to meet together and value their unity, God moved mightily through them. Verse 44, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. You see, all who believed were together. What a statement this is. It means that everyone was looking out for everyone else. I remember when we first got married, we ran into an older couple at Burger King one time, and I said, you got any advice? We're about to get married. He didn't say run, like a lot of my family members would say things like that. You know what he said? He said, keep God first. 
Keep God first. Second, always try to outserve the other. If I'm always trying to outserve, we're going to continue to serve, continue to make our needs met. That's what we're called to do in the family, is to serve one another by praying and encouraging and communicating with one another. See, in the early church, everyone looked out for everyone else. They stayed connected. No one let a single person slip away or fall back. They placed the greatest value on their unity because all who believed were together. It doesn't say most of them, at least not in my version. It doesn't say 95% of them. It says all of them were together. That's what gets God's attention. That's what gets God moving on the heart of His people. They shared all things for the benefit of one another. If anyone had need of something, the family would meet the need. This can only be done by constant communication, spending time with one another, laughing with one another, understanding each other's needs, and each person doing their share to serve the family of God. Verse 46 So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness. Kind of like this church likes to do. And the simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their church daily those who were being saved. See, so many churches today are trying to come up with this formula how to fill the pews how to get more people. So they come up with programs and they hire ministry directors and they do all this stuff to try to get people to come. But the the example we have is to just love one another. To come together and be a family and devote ourselves to His teaching and fellowship and do it with gladness. And as we do that, the Lord adds. But not just to our church, to every life-given expression of Jesus Christ. That's our church. This is where we're called to be and to serve. But our church is all over the place. Our goal is to focus on Him and love one another and God will bring the results. Amen? They continued. See, the early church was not focused on numbers. They weren't focused on money. They weren't focused on size. They simply focused on the Lord and staying connected to the family of God. They continued in the house of God with one accord. I'm going to tell you, and I'll speak more about next next week, when we were at this conference yesterday, the statewide conference, and several churches are struggling to stay connected and what can they do? And I say, you've got to come to Ross Common. God's doing something special right here. They said, how can that be? You just started. I said, it wasn't about us. God's already moving. We're just part of the... Part of the people he's invited in. We all play a part. If we trust God and do what His Word says and love one another, we're going to see God continue to move through us. Those are the wonders and the miracles. Amen? They broke bread from house to house, which means they made it a priority to visit others daily. They didn't fill their schedules with obligations and stuff to do. Their priority was each other. 
believe in that face-to-face contact and mutual encouragement was the greatest way to live out our faith. They ate their food with gladness. They must have had cheese, because I know how (laughs) glad we are when we eat cheese together. (laughs) They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. This means that they liked each other. They had fun together. They shared meals together and enjoyed one another's company. They didn't get into debates of political thought or broach divisive topics. In all they did, they sought unity and enjoyed being together in all things. Together they praised God. And this unity and continually honoring of God God gave them favor. He gave them a divine favor, not just among themselves, but He gave them a favor with all men. Even people outside of their beliefs, even people outside the church, God gave them favor with all men. As they simply devoted themselves to God and each other, staying connected and encouraging one another in the faith, God added to the church daily all those who were being saved and trusting Jesus. If people don't see that we like one another, why would they want to join what we're doing? If people don't see that, that we are able to cross boundaries and denominations and go after people who are hurting and do it without judging, why would they want to join what we're doing? If we just go about understanding our focus of the family of God, people are going to want to be part of this family. The invitation goes out to all, but we are are a living invitation in how we live and how we act. It's our desire to learn from the apostles' early example, from the early church, from their example, and pursue ways to come together supporting one another and seeking God as a family. One of the ways that we will be intentional about building community within our family is by launching a small group ministry called Connections. The goal will be to keep us connected as a family, growing in the Lord, praying for one another, and meeting one another's needs and enjoying one another. Each Connections small group will meet once a month beginning in January of the new year. Groups will be between 6 and 12 people approximately. It include people from our church, from other churches, your neighbors, your friends, your family. It doesn't matter because the church is all over. It's not just us. I know the Beacon Assembly of God is starting small group ministry as well. Our goal is not to add people to our church. Our goal is to connect with the family of God. So we're launching a small group ministry. The goal is not to build our church numbers. The goal is to strengthen our family, which transcends church and denominational boundaries. We will focus on God. We will pray to God. We will encourage one another. We will stay connected. Groups may meet in various homes or different places in the community. Or the church fellowship hall downstairs will be available if you want a place to meet as well. These monthly meetings will focus on a theme of study that are generated by myself and my wife. They will have discussion questions with life applications. There will also be some time of fellowship and prayer, as well as a recommendation that snacks be served. I'm serious. (laughs) If you feed them, they will come. 
and cheese. <laughs> Just kidding. Not really. Um, a recommendation that snacks are served. If you want to do a potluck, it, whatever. It'd be up to each group. There are three different ways that you can be involved in this ministry. The first way is to pray about becoming a small group leader. Small group leaders will begin meeting with my wife and I at the parsonage beginning in November. And where we, we, we will begin to train you and equip you with everything you need to run a small group. You don't have to think, I, I'm, I'm not a leader, but I really want to get involved. If you, if you feel a call and pray about it, we'll give you everything you need. We'll give you an agenda and a script and ideas and activities to do. Might even give you some cheese, too. So one way, one way if you want to get involved is, is pray to be a group leader. Leaders will continue to meet with us throughout the year as we come together to support you and pray for one another and build our fellowship within the family of God. If you feel led to lead a small group, please contact Nancy or myself for more information. We're going to begin meeting in November, so you've got some time to think about it. Training will be given to make it very easy to run a small group if you are willing and desire to serve in this capacity. The second way you can become involved in this ministry is by simply joining a small group. Once leaders are established, we'll know how many there are out there, so you can either join a, a certain group or there'll be a sign up just to join a group and we'll place you within a group. More information will follow as we identify leaders and small group needs. If there's a, someone that has a call that want to do a small group out at the brook, then praise God, we want to support you to do that. If there's a certain community that you want to work with, we want to support you to do that. It's about our community and the family of God. Please don't let a busy schedule prevent you from joining a small group. Although these connections, get-togethers, are encouraged to be of high priority, we all have times when we have other plans and other needs that we're not able to attend. Praise God that we are things that we're doing. Just know that you're always welcome and always encouraged to invite it and to come to the group when you're able to attend. For those who find it extremely difficult to get to events and activities during the winter months, we may have some small groups who choose to meet once a month on Sundays following service where you're already here safe and sound. Well, the third way to get involved in this ministry is by running a satellite connections small group in another area if you have another home for the winter months. I don't know why you'd want to leave the nice warm area of Roscommon, but in case you do, if you feel called to lead a connection small group, because remember, we're uniting with the family of God. If you feel led, then um, you will continue to stay in contact with myself and my wife through email and receive training through these communications as well as instructional videos that I will upload to YouTube. We will create an, uh, a, a training platform and a communication that we can continue to stay connected. You will remain connected with us until you return back home again in the spring. No one has to join a small group. It's an invitation. All are invited and encouraged to be part of this exciting new ministry as we seek to devote ourselves to God and one another through our time together. We will be meeting through the month of May. So from January through May, once a month, 
and then we'll be reevaluating our goals at that time. And although this will be a significant focus of our church during the next several months, we will continue to hold a variety of other outreaches, of other activities and events for everyone. Whether or not you choose to be part of this small group or not, we're going to be intentional in being relational because that's the mission of this church. Matthew 18.20 tells us, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Community. Jesus tells us that wherever we gather together in His name, He is there with us. Therefore, let us continue to come together and grow together in the Lord, praying for one another, serving one another in love, and enjoying our time together as the family of God with gladness and with simplicity of heart. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your love. We consider what great manner of love You've poured out on us that You call us Your children. We thank You for the family of God. We thank You for You being our loving Father that continues to love us unconditionally. May we understand that love and extend that love to those as well. Help us and remind us to show us that as we love one another, that is how the world knows that we are following You. Help us to be quick to forgive. Help us to extend grace and mercy. And help us to point people to You, the light of the world, the only hope that this world has. For You are the way and the truth and the life. We place our trust in this truth We thank You for empowering us to be Your hands and feet and mouthpiece in this world. Help us to love one another and stay connected all the more as we see the day approaching of Your glorious return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.